and welcome to another Joshi 2010s episode. It's episode 32, titled Ice Ribbon Adventures in Wonderland. It is a show that took place on August 21st, 2011. It's a Cork and Hall show, and I have a special guest. It's JPQ. You're back to talk Ice Ribbon. Woo! How about that? Look at in 2011 Ice Ribbon, too. Not my wheelhouse, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're we you and I have a habit of only talking ice ribbon <laughs> and we're going How back to the it, past right? <laughs> to move forward. We got to go back to see what was to make sense of what's happening now. And this is very relevant to what's happening today, because this was the first this was the show with the first sign of the or or official movement of the exodus that happened in late 2011 early 2012 of ice ribbon which is very relevant to today yeah i think yeah yeah yeah. and i don't think it's um you know i don't want to say changing of the guard because god knows how everybody feels about that word but (laughs) it it is (laughs) okay everyone likes that word here (laughs) yeah that's right definitely a shift right um and a lot like we're seeing a shift in ice ribbon today i think it's just apropos that you and I are talking about it, 2011 and the shift that happened then. And and again, I think, you know, this whole show kind of encapsulated, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the reborn or the rebirth of Ice Ribbon in a lot of ways. So a very timely time to talk about this show. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of comparisons and uh, the comparisons are relevant to today because we can see who was who was sticking around Ice Ribbon uh, of this era. And to directly compare who's sticking around slash leaving of the era today and how that impacts the promotion and possibly how we can see its trajectory uh, into the future. Uh, To know the future, you must know the past. I like that phrase. Yeah. So let's get into this. Let's not waste any time because the show itself, my overall feelings was it's definitely a, a... historically important show in the history of ice ribbon it's a historically important show for the joshi scene of the time because there's a couple things that happen on the show this is makoto's last match in ice ribbon uh before she's leaving for a promotion i will name later because that that has a little bit of history here we're gonna get into a little sad history with it as well Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it doesn't just this this move doesn't just impact ice ribbon it impacts much of the scene in different ways. Uh, and I'm curious if you know what, what I'm driving with that, or is this going to be a learning experience for you as well? Probably more learning. I think, you know, there's some uh, breadcrumbs that I was able to kind of piece together as I traveled through this show. But, uh, you know, you know me, 2010's Joshi is a blind spot of mine that I'm actively, you know, getting a clearer picture on every time we have these conversations. Yeah, uh, it's it's a blind spot for all of us. And to do this more or less chronologically gives us a lot of context and a lot of filling in gaps of knowledge that I don't have, you don't have, and a lot of people don't have. Right. Okay, so the first match, very historically important, is the Manami Toyota Sakushi singles match that starts off the show. Uh, Isn't that a trip? Very, uh, very interesting how time is a flat circle. (laughs) I, it, right. It, 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 I, I just found it to be interesting, right? Because, again, and I guess it's the benefit of going back 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing kind of, like, again, I, I was watching this match, and in a, lot of, in a lot of ways I was thinking, and I can't draw a direct parallel here, but 
like how Kawahata is working singles matches at the, you know, in Seedling, for example, against Hota, right? And you kind of have that Senpai Kohai kind of relationship and kind of helping them along in their progression super early in their careers. And, and this is just kind of to a greater scale, and that's no disrespect to Hoda or uh, or Kawahata, but, you know, Manami Toyota, I mean, come on, here, we're talking GOAT status. Uh, and Tsukushi, you right. know, and everything that she was, it's like, and of course, like, what was this, like 14-year-old Tsukushi? Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, you get to see that development, and it's just like, to see what some of that Senpai Kohai with a, you know, legend and a, and a rookie now, and to see kind of the same type of uh opener in the sense of like um kind of helping them along at the beginning here i think that pulled on some uh on some emotional strings of mine i was like you know what this is i know like there's the not a lot has changed in the last decade because of it you know what i mean and that can be either looked at as a good thing or a bad thing but there is a bit of a feel like it i really do enjoy that senpai kohai relationship and and to see manami do it with sukushi which I've never seen before. You know what I mean? Like I always knew that, you know, there was the relationship between the two, but I never actually deep dove into it. Um, you know, I thought it was really cool and I enjoyed that it was like ten plus minutes, you know what I mean? And they were able to just go out there and work a little bit. Um obviously it's not the AJW Manami you know, Toyota that we, you know, all come accustomed to with the craziness and the jumps and everything. Mm-hmm. And Sakushi's just a child. You know, but to know where Sakushi is now, leaving Ice Ribbon and retiring, to know that you know, Manami was in the twilight of her career, you know, and helping, you know, her protege come up. It's like, then you kind of, you know, renumerate on the last 10 years and you go, geez, what a crazy ride that's been for Sakushi. You know what I mean? Yeah, this uh, this is a year and a half after her debut. She's still a very small child. And yes. the I, I do like how you brought up the Hota Kawahata uh, comparison, or at least yeah. in terms of that teacher student aspect of a veteran of the past taking up this, this young wrestler. Yeah. And having the matches on opening, you know, bout cards, you know what I mean? Like working with them in the ring in front of an audience. Yeah. And this is something, uh, Kay and I uh, always look at, and we are very, uh, we're very critical of because generally it's the same format over and over and over again, where the veteran essentially stuffs the rookie and right. they don't sell for them. They get forearms. They just look at them. They, they, they basically Minoru Suzuki them and pummel them until they win. They, they get humbled. The rookie has to pay their dues. And what makes this match so, I, I, I have to say, unique is because Manami Toyota did none of that. Now, very gracious in the amount of offense that she gave Tsukushi. Yeah, so the pre-match uh, had a video backstory of Toyota basically agreeing to take Sakushi under her wing, and mm-hmm. boy, do they have a match. Toyota's face throughout this was a work of art of how perplexed and fun she was having, because and the size difference is just absurd. <laughs> it's, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, Manami Toyota might as well be Godzilla in the ring against this, this small Japanese woman. Child. <laughs> Child, Child not a woman. Yes, you're. Yes, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Uh, Sakushi's four nine. <laughs> Manami Toyota might as well be eight feet tall. Right. <laughs> and, and the one thing about that, which again, spanning the next decade, right, is that you did see a lot of that Sakushi fire. You know, there is that bravado that Sakushi has when she wrestles. Of she's shorter, but she's got this intensity to her. 
like uh, smaller in stature, but she's got this intensity to her. And again, going back and again, I've never seen Sakushi this early in her career. For her to be showing that same type of intensity, you know, mm-hmm. as a grade schooler, um, you know, or middle schooler, whatever, is crazy. Then fast forward ten years and go, she she just built upon this, you know, like she this hasn't evolved. This has been a slow burn of you know, of her finding her character and really kind of developing this aspect of it. And so that's kind of cool to see like where the Ember started and then ultimately where the, uh, the flame got to 10 years later. Really neat. Really neat. Yeah. Uh, so the match goes on. Sukushi drop kicks the hell out of Toyota, who does bump for these drop kicks, by the way. Damn right. She did. Uh, she takes multiple directly to the face throughout the match. So Toyota was not afraid to just take a beating. Uh, in the worst coming near the end where <laughs> Sakushi goes off the top rope and does that famous Minami Toyota dropkick right to the back in front of the face. <laughs> so very much taking a lot of Minami Toyota's offense into her own game, uh, even because we watch a lot of uh, all Japan women uh, in the 90s. And this really? is very much kind of how Toyota operated back then. And Sakushi's really taken a lot of her game. Uh, here in this match. Sakushi even gets a decent number of near falls and gets multiple opportunities to slap the hell out of Toyota. That's kind of what you were talking about, uh, more with yep. forearms and slaps. And Toyota just reciprocates everything to the very much distraught of this crowd. <laughs> uh, pay your dues. <laughs> don't, don't care if you're a child or not. We're in this wrestling ring. You're going to take a beating. And right. this, this was certainly not your typical youngling versus old vet that doesn't sell match. Toyota wins after uh, Pin Sakushi with a Northern Lights bomb, of all things, so did not hit her with the JOC. Uh, although, when she did go for it, Sakushi did um, manage to slip out of that, gets a, get a couple near falls there. I really like this match. It's something definitely to go out of your way and seek out for history, especially with Sakushi now retiring. And her story uh, for much of her career was uh, Manami Toyota passed down the uh, ocean suplex and Sakushi was never able to hit it or refused to use the move in her matches. And it wasn't until she used it and won the title that she's now shortly retiring after that. It's kind of it's kind of sad in hindsight that she didn't use this throughout her entire career. Instead, although it did tell a pretty decent in-ring story for her uh, throughout what we saw from Sakushi. Yeah, I think so. And it's just neat to see how this relationship has developed. I mean, take it back to, was it Ribbon Mania? Sakushi versus uh, Fujimoto. Uh, Fu- uh, excuse me, Fujimoto. Um, and Minami coming out. Oh, oh, you're ta- oh, you're talking about the... So they they, they, they faced each other twice in 2021. Uh, there was right. the one. I think it was the first time. Yeah, the first time was in spring. Was that in spring? Okay, yeah. so I'm playing, playing what the show was. I think it was bigger than a quarter can, wasn't like it? Jum- it was Jumbo Ribbon or something. Yeah. Jumbo Ribbon, yeah. And Eminami came out um, on the motorcycle and, you know, held the ring ropes for Takushi. And, you know, and then she was there when she won the title, too, like later in the year mm-hmm. um, at Oda Ward. And so, you know, to see kind of, you know, and then to know that now Sakushi is retiring, it's like, you know, as a fan of Ice Ribbon, um, but only only being a fan of Ice Ribbon the last couple of years, as in since like 2019, uh, and not doing a lot of the the history on it out, out of just random matches, it's like, okay, so now I've seen the finale, 
right? And I've seen, in a sense, in a sense, I've seen the premiere. You know what I mean? And so now I have like it's like watching Friends. I got you know I, I know how it started and I know how it ended and now I got to kind of fill in the middle. There's a, now a, just a whole bunch of history that you know people that go back and want to explore promotions like Ice Ribbon and and storylines and relationships through wrestling that now they get to follow. Um, really, really, really neat. And it starts right here with this match in an opener that we're talking about longer than the match actually happened, which is always fun to do. Right. And one thing I want to point out is because we know Emi Sakura is leaving at the end of the year uh, due due to uh, speculating, but kind of all the signs were there, is uh, fallout with, with uh, management and ownership. Which is fine. That happens. I mean, that's that's sure. business after all. And Makoto is also leaving. And with Emmy is leaving. I think it's a. I think it's three or four people. Riho among one of them, who is Emmy Sakura's uh, big time protege. Uh, you see that too sure. all the time. Uh, Psycho Hero and a couple others leave. Um, Shida. She doesn't not does not leave in the original Exodus. Oh no! Is that right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. She, she was champion, she, right? Well, Sheeta leaves later and does freelance. That's why I always compare her to the Maya Yukihi uh, leaving. She's still going to be on shows. She's just not going to be uh, part of the Ice Ribbon roster. Gotcha. Okay. Because Sheeta sticks around for many, many years. It's just, and she's even a major player for the promotion. Yeah, I thought she won the title in that span. She did. But you're right. And she yeah, won. so, okay, so that happened after Emmy. Okay, I'm right, yeah. not sure. And that is something we're not seeing currently with Maya Yuki. She is not a major player anymore. She's on openers and just random mid-card tags and on back of posters. By all accounts, right. she is essentially not a part of the Ice Ribbon roster anymore. Mm-mm. No, when, they did, when they're doing the shift now, they're doing it to a whole new cast, in a sense. Yeah, and what I'm seeing here throughout this show is setting up, uh, no matter how young, they're setting up people that are staying and giving them big wins. And we're going to get to one later. Uh, maybe the match wasn't that great, but it, it served a purpose. Uh, Sakushi yeah. here getting this big moment with Minami Toyota. And Minami Toyota is brought into this promotion seemingly as a regular. And it's specifically for Tsukasa Fujimoto and Sakushi. That's a big deal. Now, I will ask this in return, then. Who is Ice Ribbon bringing in in the Manami Toyota role now to fill that to fill that role of a veteran to help out the next generation as Sakushi is retiring and Fujimoto is taking a long leave of absence? Uh, I mean, they don't have one is the answer, but Correct. maybe, maybe uh, Iger Kong can put somebody over at one of their big shows the way she normally, like, you know, she usually shows up on those cards anyway, and maybe she can give the rub to one of the rookies coming up and kind of, now, not to this level, you know, but maybe she does a contract to you well, know, be a little senpai uh, type there, of thing. Well, forward. there is that there is that history with Aja Kong and Ibuki Hoshi, so that yep. could be a oh, nice little go. comp. Yeah, uh, sure. That's good pull. Will they do that? I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to see. So that's something to pay attention to. So yeah, I think that's, that's the very, closest very you're going to get. Up. Yeah. Because um, I'm not counting Sukasa right now because <laughs> she's absent from the ring and you can't put people over if you're absent <laughs> from the ring. Yeah, and as much as I love Makoto coming back and I actually want them to do a lot with her, 
it, she's not to the status of like a Toyota or Aja. No, you know what I mean? No. Like it's but like it she, her like coming back is. It doesn't seem like she's coming back though either. It doesn't. No, 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 no it doesn't. But elimination six man tag team match: Dorami Nagano, Hikaru Shida, and Maki Narumiya taking on and defeating Kurumi, Mary Naito, and Neko Nita. Uh, a lot of these people are uh, debuted recently or over the last year. Uh, it went 10 and a half minutes, quite long, and we go 23 seconds of the match, and Narumi eliminates uh, Mary Naito over the top rope botch. Gone. <laughs> Oops. See ya. She slipped and fell, and there was that moment where uh, I hit the ground. Uh-oh. Right. The rest just, just looks at her and it. goes, sorry, <laughs> gotta go. She was very upset in the backstage interview. She was very embarrassed. <laughs> but you know what? Well, the, here's the nice thing about that. You know, she's, um, what, maybe six months in at this point? Maki and, Narumia? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's like six months. I think I looked it up prior to the show. Oh, um, yeah, that, that probably checks out. Yeah, and and she knew the move, you know? Like, mm-hmm. she just accepted it. Like, she, like, looked back to make sure. But she knew that. Okay, feet hit, kayfabe sets, and I'm out of here. You know what I mean? And it's just like, good for you. You know, it's six months in the game, and you know that, you know, you screw up, you just, you roll with it. Let's see. Let me just uh, confirm some of these debuts here. So, Dorami Nagano, she debuted June 2010, so just over a year. Basically, uh, rookie. The, these are all the Emmys. I like this is Sheeta and the Emmys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Narumia debuted March 2011 this year, so n- not even a year. Uh, she's five months. <laughs> right. Uh, Kurumi debu- debuted last year with Sakushi. Miri Naito is a, uh, let's see, she's February 2011, so she's six months. So even though we're getting a lot of people leaving this promotion, I say a lot, but not really. Uh, they, and uh, Nekonita, March 2011, they've debuted a lot of people before the exodus. So they've had time in the ring and the the crowd is uh, familiar with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, inter- yeah, interesting. They to them. Yeah, interesting that they have all these people debut the year before or during the year that Emmy's going to leave. While compared to today, uh, it was announced allegedly that there's going to be seven to eight new rookies debuting for Ice Ribbon at some point in the year. But where does right. that leave them before that? Uh, prior, because now the audience has a bunch of young people mid carters and then all these rookies that might show up later i don't know if that's the right timing maybe they don't have they probably don't have like any choice in the matter but what i always criticize uh any sort of business is if you know that this by this date x is going to happen you have to prepare for it accordingly uh maybe i'm being a little harsh on situational uh events that i'm not aware of but i can only speculate sure. uh, maybe maybe think- it would have been a better idea to try to debut these people earlier so so let me ask you a question okay so sai is gone right Tequila Sai? Yeah, yeah yeah uh she's gone but she was like the first to leave her and julia well julia first i guess but um then tequila and then corona happens yeah and so 
whether it was in the works, was in the works, became in the works with prominence doing their thing. Um, uh, Maya leaving and then Sakushi and, and, and ultimately Fujimoto going on sabbatical, uh, Sakushi being done. Yeah. Uh, Sukasa going on uh, sabbatical. Do you think with that type of exodus, the best move might just be to just own the reset, like a hard reset? Because how, like, with that type of exodus, like, you have to get so many people ready in such a small amount of time during a pandemic. Like, do you think they would have been able to succeed at building anybody to, to, to anything? Or is it just kind of like own the problem, own the exodus, and now we just kind of move forward? Like, what are your thoughts on given the circumstances, right? Obviously, it was like a normal type of thing. You, could, might, you might be able to lean into it a little bit better uh, the, the way 20, uh, 2011 this show is kind of representing. Mm-hmm. But given the circumstances they were living through at the time and then the amount of people, right, and then the positions on the cards on where these people were, uh, do you think that's just kind of like we're just going to wipe the slate clean and we're going to start as if this is almost a new entity with a, a new brand under the same entity is a better move for us uh, short term, long term than building underneath knowing it's a pandemic and are really people watching to the level that they would otherwise uh, slash come to the shows, which is ultimately what they care about is the domestic audience when it comes to garnering new stars. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I understand the hard, hard reset theory. I don't disagree with it completely, and there is a lot of merit to that. I, I don't discount that at all. Uh, in a way, that's very smart uh, to just to just do the hard reset. Where I'm very critical of is all signs point to they knew all these people were leaving, and you know then who's staying, and you have your you you must have your core group in mind. Otherwise, if you don't have that in mind, then you're bad at your job. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so uh, just to just to throw out the names I always throw out in terms of modern ice ribbon is Buki Hoshi, Asahi, Kaho Matsuhishida, and uh, now, like those yeah. four names now pop out. Up. Yeah, you know all these all these stars are leaving your promotion, even mid carters, and s- you must at least have them ready to an extent where they're credible and up to a certain level. So when you do that hard reset, which they are, you can buy these people as more than just the low end replacements. Because what we've seen on this show is it's establishing people at a hierarchy despite the others leaving. Sure. I will tell you this. Based off this Elimination Six woman tag team match, the wrestling gear for rookies mm. is much better today yes. than it was back then. My the, goodness, the, the gear situation's way better today than it was in the 2010s. Yeah, it was total DIY back then for for some for the rookies. <laughs> You're wearing black tights and pick a shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not maybe, as, maybe cut um, it up in places. Complete. Yeah, give it give it a <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like the character is nothing to do with the look more times than not, which you know, today you see a, you know a, a better presentation, right? And that and in, in that aspect. So, um fun to see how that kind of has, you know, changed over the last 10 years. Yeah, it's and, and it's and they're clearly like different promotions and different uh, lands different situations in the landscape of Joshi. Like oh, for all intents and purposes, at this point in time, Ice Ribbon is a fledgling promotion with very little star power to speak of. 
they 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 end up getting 786 people at Corican Hall. Say, at this pretty show. decent. They you know they'd welcome that now. <laughs> they would love that number right now. <laughs> they're they're not <laughs> right, getting exactly. Yeah, they're not getting close to that on any of their Corican's outside Mm-mm. of a Ribbon Mania. Sure. Um, not good. I I think they'll probably uh, b- beat that number at the May Fourth show since it's the big farewell essentially. Yeah, I, I hope so. They, you know what I mean. Like I really root for a good number for that. Well, I mean, uh, farewells and retirements and and the such always do good numbers. Uh, yeah, that's just how it works. But yeah, back to the back to the six man. Nekonita, new character. We're gonna get used to her, <laughs> and Maki Narumiya uh, becomes uh, sort of a big deal in this promotion. Uh, for the next few years, uh, believe it or not. And she really uh, stood out to me in this match as as someone that has potential. And uh, there is going to be a shift with her specifically and why she was teaming with Sheeta in this match so early. So pay attention to that. Right. Yeah. Uh, did anybody else stand out to you or was it where were you like me with it? It was the Sheeta Narumiya show. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much that. And I did like that they gave him a couple minutes. You know, when it did get down to the final two, mm-hmm. it did turn into a little bit of a match for a little while. And that's always appreciated because it was, you know, sometimes these things go, go, go. And and then it's just you get to the final two and someone gets either you know, thrown over, pinned, whatever, real quick. And we just move on to the next match. So it was nice to see a kind of little bit of a preview of what, what could potentially be or what ultimately ended up being, you know, two people that they rode with for a little while for a couple minutes just to get a little sampler. Thought it was smart. Yeah, um, I Definitely would have rather seen Cheetah in a much bigger role on this show uh, rather than this six-person tag. But um, knowing where they're going, I, it tells like a subtle story to it. And uh, Kurumi, each and every big show, gets a big position to kind of put over what she can do. Sukushi and Kurumi are the big up-and-comers. <laughs> yes. Kaori Yoniyama defeats Sayaka Obihiro in three and a half minutes. Uh, she didn't last Loved too it. long. You know, here's the thing, like, again, it goes to fun, you know, again, transversing or traversing the um, the decade. But, you know, Yaniyama has been doing these sub five minute matches literally her entire career. Yes. <laughs> and that there's a reason that she's con- still continuing them to do them now in pretty much every promotion, including the one that she runs herself. What's there to say about Kaori in this situation? Like, it's just fantastic to see. And the funny thing about uh sayaka is i forgot who she was <laughs> until like it kind of clued like halfway through the match which is hilarious because like 90 seconds in i was like oh my god i see her on got to move yes just like she was, is I was like, still oh. she is yes, still she is. In, in, and it just in... took me a second it did it literally <laughs> took me 90 seconds i was just like oh my god Shoko pro i know exactly who you are and then like amy thinks it's in and i'm just like my goodness like they all work together and then like again and you appreciate that when you think about it where you're just kind of like my goodness <laughs> it's like here we are and this match could have literally happened like a like if we look in the in the you know the the archives of of Choco pro on youtube i'm sure this match has happened again um within the last nine months <laughs> yeah yeah really right well uh, actually uh, I mean, we can go back and look at i'm sure like, or at least a tag team or something let's see 20 i'm, I'm in 2014 2016 Yonayama and Obihiro are all over these things. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> yeah. Main event in YMZ not too long ago. Uh, anyways. Uh, this 
is on the card for my own little speculated reason is to get them in, onto one last Ice Ribbon show together. Because y- Yoniyama, for all intents and purposes, is retiring in a, in a few months. <laughs> By the way, if I can just interject real quick. Sure. June 5th, 2021, right? So nine months ago. Okay. Kori Yoniyama defeats Sayaka Obahiro in five minutes and 37 seconds at the YMZ go- <laughs> June show. Oh, that's in YMZ, too. That's Yoniyama's little stunt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So this match for two minutes longer, 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, Yoniyama's retiring um, from wrestling. <laughs> uh, that that's a, that's a big story with Emi Sakura. And mm-hmm. why she's on this show. And Sayaka Obahiro uh, joins Emi in... Uh, Emmy leaving the promotion uh, to start up Gato Move shortly after, uh, and they're at the hip ever since, uh, still doing their thing. But yeah, this is a bit wacky. Obihiro still sporting the black and blue swimsuit, uh, more suited to be a SEAL trainer at SeaWorld uh, than a wrestler. A bunch of near-fall roll-ups, comedy, rope running until Yonayama hits a knee and senton, just wrecks her <laughs> immediately. <laughs> really funny. Then we get a tag match. It's Mentalo and Rei defeating Chi Tomia and Takashi Sasaki. 11 minutes this went. This went kind of long for a whacked out comedy match. Just very much your indie comedy that, uh, you know, if you picture if you picture indie comedy and Ice Ribbon. Yeah, you know. And again, these are kind of the matches I wouldn't do on a show like this with especially someone like Rei and Chi Tomia. But it's it's to the fan base and to their audience. So in a way, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's Joshi. You know what I mean? It this is, is just as important to Joshi as, um, you know, strong style matches are and, and such. And and so, again, I appreciate it for what it was. I just enjoy Ray because I know it's not a hot take. I mean, everybody loves Ray. But, um, you know, kind of knowing, you know, like. the She just had that charismatic just like she just had that it factor for wrestling. You know what I mean? And so anytime she's in the ring, regardless of what's happening, um, she's someone worth paying attention to. Tomia, I didn't really know. And so, of course, you start looking into it, and it's just, you know, Emmy, student, da-da-da-da-da, and you're just like, man, Emmy's got her fingerprints. Hey, she was Ice Ribbon, you know what I mean? And so that's what makes mm-hmm. this card so crazy, is that it's literally everybody she's trained, she's saying goodbye, um, you know, and, and a couple going with her. It's... It, you know what I mean? Like, it's just the the, the fingerprints of that Emmy has on Joshi, let alone wrestling, is just nutty. And um, and it's really portrayed well in this card for obvious reasons. Yeah. And um, Ray was brought in uh, by Emmy from China, uh, or at least she immigrated from China to Japan and hooked up with Emmy. And that led to one thing or another. And I'm trying to confirm if Chitomia was also uh part of this exodus that happened in 2011 and she was this is essentially Chitomia's last ice ribbon show right here mm, there you go yeah so people are leaving one by one and the advantage so this is like all the OA cats are leaving and all the 2011 cats are staying correct yeah that's that that is exactly a uh, a way to look at it cuz that's that's definitely what's happened um but it's 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 strange when you leave a promotion like this from full time that they don't really get booked again uh, throughout its throughout history, and that's why uh, that's that's a bit like you look at Chitomi, you look at Ray, look at Psycho Hero, even Emi Sakura uh, and Makoto. 
Like those are four big names of the promotion over the since you know '08. Why, when prominence left and Maya uh, declared freelance, that I was very adamant. It's like they're not sticking around. <laughs> like there's no history for that. There's no precedent with with how people operate within the scene that they just they just continue to work like it's it's not a big deal. So let me ask you this. Do you think it has to do and what'll be interesting is to be able to draw the parallels a year or two or three from now with everybody that's in prominence uh as well as as Maya. Um the grind of ice ribbon. Like even back then, someone like um who? Uh Tomia. Let's use her as the example. Mm-hmm. Was wrestling over a hundred to hundred and fifteen matches a year. Right. You know what I mean? And then so by the time she goes freelance and or follows Emmy or whatever the story is, I don't know what the story is. Um, then it's just kind of like, OK, I only have to wrestle like two or three times a month at this point. And it's and it's more of like a, a balance, like a quality of life balance at that point with regards to the physical aspects or the physical demands of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, is how much does that play a factor? And so what's going to be interesting is to watch, like, Arisa, Sarah, and... Uh, I mean, Asukasa and Sukushi are kind of different because they've been rocking it for literally a decade plus. But, um, you know, but you look at you know, the prominence members, you look at Maya, who came in, you know, they put in years, and working over 100 matches, da-da-da-da-da, all this type of stuff for however long, three, four, five, six, seven years. And then now they get to just do matches with a fork ball for six minutes in a bar once a month, once every six weeks. And it's just a way of kind of finding a better balance physically for the time being. Okay. And where do they go from there? uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll continue off that. The difference is of course, how do you pay rent? (laughs) How do you make a living off of this? And the difference between people leaving here compared to now is in 2011, there was a lot more places to work. You could hit the indie scene and still get 100 matches. Uh, Osaka Pro, uh, JWP. um, Tomia didn't. Tomia had 106 in 2011, and 2012 she had 30. And 30 was her top mark, Then she had 13, 15, 9, 11, 9. Well, um, she probably has her own reasons for why, but the point point is she could still be booked places. And how, how much seemed to be up to them. While Knowing t- they don't have that now, is that right. why we're seeing like the factions set it like the, the faction thing? You yeah, know what I mean? and 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 it's a it's a survival of the fittest uh, mentality, and you saw that with Triple Tails, Kana, Io, and Mio sure. Shirai. It's a great example. Yeah, sure. Where and I have I have made this uh, comparison in the past is when you set up the little faction deal because there is there is um, policies within some promotions. Uh, I believe Wave you can't be a I believe you can't be a freelancer you have to be signed to another promotion to be a part of wave or maybe it's the other way around it's something it's something strict and weird like that they work promotionally instead of independently right yeah and that's a very strange policy so that's why like colors operates as a group promotion produce why not deal. seeing Rena in wave Reading out Yamashita? No. Well, she could be probably a member of the Freedoms roster. I think that's maybe. how she operates. Sure, maybe she technically she totally freelance, but part but of no. part of a, a deal. There, there's there's weird workarounds that they can you know loophole around it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, everyone's case is different. 
but I, I will stand that in 2011, there was a lot more places to work. So you're kind of, of getting your bookings up to you and who will who will book you, like w- whether it's K-Dojo or, you know, if I just keep throwing out names, Reina, Smash is starting. She did uh, a lot at Reina that first year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, while Ray is a excellent talent, she can get bookings at higher levels where she's not hitting up the scummy indies. Uh so she can she can do things like JWP and whatnot to to pull out there. Yeah, it's like your Maya's. You know what I mean? Like she should be able to get better billing. She should be able to get better billing. Should, but if you look at Will Maya's she? workload, she these promotions aren't running more than once or twice a month. Right. So how many bookings are there actually available? And that's where the the Joshi As, right Yonky. now is very. She got tough. almost a hundred last year. She did, and Yoniyama put in a lot of work too. Damn right she did. She's a hustler. Everybody yeah. should be doing the Corey Onyama run. She is uh So whatever they're doing, they're doing something right and they can do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering I I've always had this theory that Itsuki Aoki like she knows somebody. <laughs> I I just, you know, I just think look at the you just look at the hunger and I just say like man, especially like Amaya, you know, who's done Oh, what, 100 matches, like, eight years in a row or some, you know, maybe not that, but, like, crazy, crazy output yeah. over the last couple of years, especially with being the champ and being, like, the only one for, like, and then winning a tournament after they stripped her or vacated. It's like, she held that company together mm-hmm. in 2019, 2020, and, you know, for her to now just do big matches for in the interim, hopefully for the interim, you know, um, you know, and just promote to a match, have a singles match with Benny Asuka and then find the next dream match. Like that's gotta be a vacation, you know what I mean? At as as well as well, maybe. What's my next move? Uh, Maya, planning Maya's, for my next move. Yeah, Maya's been very adamant about exploring new avenues, and Nomads Absolutely. is going to be one of them. And uh, going to DDT and doing the Saki Akai feud, I mm-hmm. I have speculated that she has uh, ulterior motives. How to get into maybe. A certain American promotion. <laughs> That'd be good, though, if, if that's the that, jumping off point. Well, yeah, that's 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 good. And you can't. She was handcuffed under the ice ribbon banner. Like those things make sense to me. What doesn't yeah. makes what doesn't make sense is, and everything usually comes down to money. And we can con, con, continue spe- speculate, but let's let's get sure. back on track here with know, 2011. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, whacked out comedy match. Uh, Mantello and Ray win, and then we get into the heart of the card. And this is where a lot of the crying started. <laughs> it's the crying segment, man. It's straight up the cr- crying. That's it all is I was the crying for like, It was like 25 minutes of crying. If not, <laughs> no, it was longer than that because, you know, it was longer than that because the, they had the 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 the, po- the pre-production videos and the post-production. Oh, yeah. Like uh, pre-match, post-match. And then they did it again with Riho post-match and in the second match. And it's just like, man, there's probably like 35 minutes of crying. Straight up crying. Wild. There's a lot of it. So it's Emi Sakura versus Makoto, uh, <laughs> like fourth from the top, 18 and a half minutes. Before I go into like a little bit of the history and everything and uh, what's going on, what is your familiarity with the history of this match and importance? Um, feel free to go in depth as okay. much as you want to because um, I'm learning, right? Um, I will tell you that... One of the most enjoyable things about Makoto now is knowing, at least from watching this match and where she, I say began, but you know where she was. She's gotten better, and she's she might be at her peak right now. 
as far as I wrestling agree. ability. And agree. you can't always say that about every Joshi wrestler um, with regards to their in-ring execution. But she is... She should be winning single titles somewhere, doing something, because she's she's got you know that it factor now and that's really cool to see at her age um which is normal for me but you know the world of joshi it's like usually you know they're on the back end of their career at this point you know where it feels like she's not warming up because you know nobody's going to push her like that because of freelance but she could she could she could hold a title and, and do some things and do and draw i think in pretty much any you know of the joshi uh independence right now but why would you because it's more probably more fruitful to be in uh freelance at this point it's weird. It's just like a weird, like it's almost like she's getting iced out without actually getting iced out now. <laughs> yes. And that was something nomads uh, in the press conference were pushing that a lot of these wrestlers kind of don't have a choice to be freelance and it's not financially feasible to sign on with a promotion. And then because of that, their careers are just at this stalwart they can't do anything because the promotions won't do anything with them so i'm this is why i'm really paying attention to nomads and them selling out shinjuku face and them doing hopefully good things and i I really hope they do well because the state of the scene it'll be a good wrestling show yeah it's gonna be a good wrestling at the very least i hope they stick around if they can if they can be a nice little like indie super show uh that i mean if that's the best we can get i'll i'll take it but they can definitely they can definitely do a lot more and bringing in some like Makoto definitely fits that bill of being inside nomads and whether she gets uh, pushed in big singles matches, which we generally don't see out of her, which is very sad, especially like, and I agree. I think she's doing probably the best work of her career right now. Uh, Injuries are behind her. She, she looks very good physically. She has a lot more muscle because if you look at her her, here in this 2011 match, she's a she's a twig. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird. It's that's what's so funny about this time. Like, you think 10 years, not that long. Um, They're children. (laughs) They're teenagers. Like, Uh, like, yeah, I think Makoto's like 2020 at this point. Probably. Yeah, she's like Momo. It's like the Momo aged Makoto. It's it's not even to think about. Uh, So she's 32 now. So she was 21 here. Okay. Yeah. There you go. She's only 5'6". She mm-hmm. seems a lot taller than that compared to everybody else. <laughs> Love Joshi. 5'6 yeah. <laughs> is giant. Let's <laughs> crack out. Uh, okay. Uh, what did you think of the match itself? I thought it was good. Um, super emotional. And and what's cool about that is like you, you don't... I don't put as much merit on the wrestling. I thought the wrestling was fine. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was a good match. That was well put together. But you were here for the story. You were here for the emotion. Like, yeah, this was a feels match. And that's cool because this is kind of the reason we're all together. And where it's not closing the show, you still want the impact. And I think they, that came across really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, both before and after, but during the match. Like, during the match, you could feel, you know, um, the sadness. Right. <laughs> but the acceptance at the same time. And so, you know, that was really cool. The way that was played out over the course of the match. And it was a long match, which is always nice because it kept you engaged the entire time. Yeah, this this was well done. Uh, I think I went two out of three recommendation on it. Yeah, I think that's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not good enough to be a full three, but the, the, the story and and what they were doing in the match was very compelling. 
Uh, Makoto in tears before the match, and Emmy smacks the handshake away. Bitch, get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's go time. It's go time. You're leaving this promotion, and I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> so it starts out with some Matt grappling and submission with Emmy mixing in hard chops in between. I love Emmy Sakura chops. They're so good. Yes. And uh, pretty sure Makoto hurts her wrist early in this match. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, no, but it makes sense, actually, when you say it. Yeah, like, I know the spot you're talking about. Yeah, she hurts her wrist early in the match. She just kind of fell awkwardly, and and I guess she sprained it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, made have rolled it up. Yeah, yeah I, I remember seeing that. Yeah, and she was holding it. it throughout the rest of the time. Sure. Uh, Emmy worked hard to get Makoto to fight hard herself, kept chopping her and encouraging her uh, to fight back, because Makoto was a little... Seemed, I guess the story was she was a little gun-shy to fight uh, fight her teacher, and uh, it was, she Emmy was just welcoming in Makoto to chop her even harder back. And it, again, a very compelling in-ring uh, story psychologically. And they did this for a few minutes, transitioned into moves, and the same story was told. Again, uh, Emmy would hit, hit her key moves. And uh, this would then, in turn, be an encouraged for Makoto to hit Emmy with her best stuff back. So it was a, it was a nice flow of Emmy trying to get the best out of Makoto for her last match in the promotion. Uh, though none of it did, <laughs> none of it really looked any any good. But that's that's okay. I sometimes, you know me, I li- I like a good raw match every now and again if uh, if everything is compelling at the very least. And she does she does hit a Death Valley driver, then spear combo combo for a pinfall attempt. So that was sick. Uh, Emmy works for a Saito suplex. Uh, Makoto beats the ten count, and then she just hits her with another suplex. And then it's like 1970, Emmy locks in a Greco-Roman wrist lock for submission tease. That was wild. Plays right into her, kind of wrecking her wrist. It was the other one she grabbed, though, not the one she hurt. So I don't know if you caught that either. (laughs) (laughs) No, I missed that. Yeah. But then it's all pedestrian from there. Corkscrew Senton, 450 splash from Emmy Sakura. She's not doing 450s in 2022. (laughs) But if she did, though, we'd go wild. Oh, my God. I'd pop. I'd pop hard. She 2022 Emmy Soccer just it. goes to the top in 450s. Are you kidding me? Tony, put me on Dynamite one time. Just put me on it one time. Shut up. I'm going to show the world everything. Sheeta versus Emmy. They need to do that match and Emmy busts out the oh. 450. Or she does <laughs> the corkscrew sent on through a table up to the yeah. outside. It doesn't tell anybody. She's just like, camera almost misses it. Like, oh no, she only tells the camera guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> don't miss it. Boom. Hey, I'm going to do a 450. I don't think she could do that anymore. But who knows? Yeah, Wrestlers know. always surprise me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. So why were they crying? Why was this? Uh, why was this so emotional? Uh, obviously, Makoto's leaving, and uh, the pre-match told a brief story of of why she's leaving, and she's going to a promotion called Smash. Okay, Smash is a promotion that Tajiri started and Kana. Yes, Kana has a big role within the uh, management setting of Smash, mm-hmm. and this is also where Shuri uh, got her break after Hustle, and Nagisa Nozaki is dating a man, I believe his name's Ohara, and so Nozaki is now leaving Diana, the promotion that we uh, just had their debut, and they're already losing a couple people. so. Smash is impacting the scene in many different ways. And around this time, Io Shirai just signed with Stardom. It's not like completely official, but she's there. Mio Shirai is off on her own now, which 
plays into why she ends up signing on with Ice Ribbon uh, very, uh, pretty shortly after this because she tests her waters in freelance and obviously it doesn't work if you don't have uh, the cred to go with it. And Kana's left to go with Smash. So you're seeing a lot of ripple effects between Triple Tails and Tajiri and how that's impacting Ice Ribbon, Diana, uh, Stardom in a little way. And the just kind of ripple effect offshoots of other promotions. Very interesting. And there seems to be a... uh, This is just me and watching this and the vibe. There's a weird, like, negative aura around Tajiri on this show. Well, yeah, because he's beating up, like, a 12-year-old. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. Like, his him just standing there, you're just, like, kind of looking at him and his body language... It's it's like a sense of it's the Tajiri and Ice Ribbon doesn't it that doesn't really jive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not working. So the yeah. Nozaki story is very sad. The Shuri story kind of works out. They make they make her kind of the st- the female star of Smash, and Makoto is just kind of like left to the side throughout it. It really reminds me of the Gleet Women's Division in a way, and I'm seeing a lot. Of, the more I look into Smash, the more. The more uh, comparisons I'm starting to see, the more similarities. Uh, yeah, are, you I fa- got, are you familiar with the no- got, no- Nozaki story? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, Nozaki uh, dated a man she tagged him with in Smash. He also had a very uh, high role in the company, and uh, it ends very sad with... Um, I can't say spousal abuse. It's 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 uh, there's a there's a term for um, well, it's abuse. Uh, there, there, it's, it, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's straight up abuse. And um, essentially, uh, he breaks her face and orbital bone. I think that's I think that's what I read correctly. Yes. Yeah. And, physical uh, abuse. Yeah. And uh, Nozaki's out of wrestling for the next five years. Yeah. A while. Yeah, and it's it's very sad. And shortly after that, uh, O'Hara is leaves Smash, and then Noah immediately hi- hires him, like right after. And yeah, it's a while that 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 he's yeah. I mean, that was I mean that I didn't even know that story until like six weeks ago. Yes, it is a it is a new story that came to light just in this like random article that a dude who was uh, like training in Smash. An American, I believe, or or Canadian, one of the two. He just kind of wrote about it in a blog, in like a blog post, and just in passing, he just talked about how uh, uh, Nozaki and O'Hara had this incident, and every like the you put the puzzle pieces together, and you're like, holy shit! Like, so that's why she left Diana. That's why she retired for all that time. That's why you know, and it's it's crazy. How just one piece of information you go well uh, there there's all the answers nuts yeah and uh, that's what led me down the 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 smash rabbit hole of Tajiri yeah. and his extremely just shady shady uh, business practices that's going on and you're still seeing him in weird roles where a lot of people don't like him in all Japan to this day yeah okay. Mm. Yeah, we so, went off the rails there. Well, I mean, it, it's it's you have to talk about these things. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the context is fantastic. <laughs> it's just like I just looked at the um, 
the play card, I was like, oh, right, we're talking Ice Ribbon 2011. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're talking Ice Ribbon 2011. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It's wild. It's crazy. It's been a crazy decade. So immediately post-match uh, out of the Emi Sakura Makoto, Tajiri comes out and he's just in the ring and Riho jumps his ass. Good sure for does. you, Riho. Kick his ass. Kick his ass. Was that like Riho's thing? Like, not to like, you know, jump on people like that, but did she wrestle like high profile? Like, I don't know how high profile Tajiri is, but he was a WWE superstar past, you know, Attitude Era dude back in Japan. Well, Riho like, would main event Cork and Hall. for her. Right, okay. Yeah. All right, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, right. yeah, I don't know much about her in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, R- Riho was made to be a star of this promotion, and nice. she was a more or less protected act, except against sure. Tajiri here. Yeah, well, that was kind of what made me question it. You know what I mean? And again, it wasn't like I mean, it was a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like it was all part of the story and everything. But like, damn, you know what I mean? Like that was a, I was a, you know a, they worked for four minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Weird. they did. They did a few things. I mean, Tajiri did basically no seller the whole time, and then he like he's messing with her a bit. That's kind it. of the weird part. He's <laughs> yeah. like slapping her down, just like, bop, bop. Yeah. <laughs> just like... Uh, he he exits the ring. Riho chases after him. He's doing his like post, like during hustle and post hustle Tajiri. Like he's a boy. Is he? He just exudes scum. <laughs> He just exudes grime. That's that's probably a better word. He's very grimy. So he buzzsaw kicks Riho in the leg as soon as she enters the ring, and then he hits the revival. <laughs> just yeah, he does. That's a revival. Boom. And that cues a like ten to fifteen minute just long goodbye promo in the post match, and yeah. Tajiri's kind of hanging out. Riho's talking. Emmy's talking. Makoto's talking. Everyone's crying. Everyone's hugging. Everyone's sad. Like, be happy with pro wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> it's more like be sad. <laughs> That's how it was. It was a sad show. Emotional. You know? Like, I'm wondering. I'm, yeah. And I'm wondering how much of that May 4th show is going to. It, it's not going to be a one to one mirror shot of the show. Be. It can't be. It's not possible. Right. Uh, but I'm wondering how much crying and, and long promos and saying thank yous are, are going to be there because you got. I hope, say- I hope I hope it's a good amount. I got another 35 minutes of crying. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because that's part of the show, you know, the retirement matches and go, you know, go away shows. And they're always, they always pack a punch. You'd mentioned that earlier. It's like, they always just wallop, you know, you, you know what I mean? They wallop you as a wrestling fan. So I hope it's like super memorable and like super well done. Cause like these two are leaving, you know, what they've helped create the last decade. You know what I mean? Um, what's that going to look like? Unreal. Okay, so now that we've had 35 minutes of crying, let's cheer up the crowd. Miyako Matsumoto Ooh. comes out. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Tell me about this Miyako Matsumoto thing that happened. Um, I cried uh, out of laughter. And, <laughs> oh, is um, that what happened? <laughs> it is, and I'm... You couldn't stop the tears. <laughs> it was probably the greatest segment of the night. I mean, if we're being honest. Um, Miyako shows up okay. the way only Miyako does, and... I don't even know who came out. Like, I couldn't even tell you because I'm just watching this and it was so unexpected, um, especially because I was following the match card. And so this isn't on the match card. And I kind of understand why. Uh, but she ends up getting in the ring, got the promo the way Miyako does. Somebody comes into the ring, offers her a contract. She denies it, talks to her, whatever. There's some type of theatrics happening in the ring. 
And as that's happening, we've got like a either a bug or a big prawn, a wrestler in a prawn suit, who's like climbing over the ring turnbuckle and in and then crawling over. Like, don't tell me Kayfabe was dead in 2011 because we had a full-on acting job of a prawn or a or an insect over to Miyako as she's doing this promo with this other chick in the ring. Um, and then when the match ensues, there's another guy, I assume to be a guy, wrestler, um, who's something completely different. And I don't even know what it was because I, I couldn't follow along. But like as she pulls his arm, his arm stretches, she's confused, classic Miyako. And then they have this... I don't know, what was <laughs> exhibition match for five minutes of just shenanigans. And then it's over, and we move on. And it's just like, I don't know what that was. It had to be the hardest palate cleanser match I've seen in my entire life. Like, everybody knew what this was. Was We just had this crazy emotion for two matches, and, you know, Tajiri was there. Um... And we got to like kind of snap everybody back into reality within a wrestling show and kind of break the tears and like, like not just move on, but like cut jump to like back being in a wrestling show. And that's what Matsumoto was able to pull off with a, with an insect uh, wrestler in the ring um, for like five minutes. Job well done. A plus. Okay. It was um, incredible. Is, this, is, incredible. is think, this where my instincts to gatekeep uh, comedy get the comedy out? Should I don't I gate, know. Should I gatekeep? It's such a it was such a hard reset of a match. <laughs> but, like I just respect the fucking hell out of it because like you just followed Emmy and Makoto leaving. You know, <laughs> an insect match. Like come on. Yeah, let me see when Emmy's exact last match. Don't tell me they didn't protect Dash. Weapon. Don't tell me they didn't protect Dash or Ham. <laughs> Put, not putting him after Emmy. Come on, boy. Let me see here. Putting cage match 2011. Don't you love cage match? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, it looks like Emmy, Sakura, and Riho's last match was Ribbon Mania of 2011. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. Like, this is Emmy saying goodbye to her students, but yeah. specifically well, I mean, Makoto. Yeah. Uh, Makoto's leaving. Oh, January 7th. Sakushi defeats Emi Sakura. Oh, going! Uh, look at that, Emi Sakura going out on her back. Right on her back, of course she is. Look at that, putting I, putting the new people over. Yep. There you go. Okay. Uh, business end of the card. This is where we're putting over the next generation in a little, in a, in a weird way. It's uh, tag titles not on the line. Uh, interesting enough on this show, but that's okay. Do that, do that somewhere else, I guess. But it's uh, Dash Chisako and Sendai Sachiko, Team Sendai. Taking on, yes, it, this will never not be amazing. And I'll use that in a negative way. Hamako Hoshi and Mochi Miyagi as the lovely butchers in 2011. They've been doing that. In a negative they were doing this 10 years ago. Dear God. Mochi Miyagi, eight months into her career, by the way. Very it's acceptable in tag matches already. I think so. I'd agree with that. Her I know debut, it was eight months, but her debut, she was terrible, like the worst. <laughs> Aren't they all? Aren't they all? I don't know. I just saw Miyu uh, Amasaki. She she was pretty, pretty damn good. good. Yeah, she's pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, something about uh, Stardom. Stardom good. Stardom's <laughs> okay. Stardom's okay. Yeah, they're all right. No, Mochi, Ma- Mochi Miyagi was actively bad for the first like six months of her career. And all of a sudden, she she becomes 
like Garu Tagmaster. <laughs> you think that's Ham's doing? Like, and that's a it legitimate question. It has, it has to, to be, be right? right. Okay, good. All right, good. Because <laughs> behind the scenes, I think she's got a bigger influence. I don't think she's like a direct trainer, but I think she's like a culture person. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's someone I think who like, right. carries the torch for Ice Ribbon, and I think she does a <laughs> phenomenal job at that. I think you're right. And look, I'll give credit where credit's due. Early 2010s Hamako Hoshi? I'm into her. Fuck yeah! Hoss Ham Rex in this match, man. This was a great match. It's like, here's the <laughs> only thing that bothered me about this match was I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow. Look at Ice Ribbon trying to help put Dash over in this spot. And then it's like, then nope. I'm thinking like, okay, for the next nine years, it's going to be the fans. <laughs> it's like the fans <laughs> are going to help get Dash over. We're going to cheer for Dash. But the first year, it seemed like everybody kind of put her in a position and then, you know, she was there to eat the pen. Well, Dash Trisako is the living Jeff Hardy cosplay. <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, actually, thinking about that way is not bad. <laughs> well, I mean, she's Damn, a huge Jeff Hardy mark. And... Five year wrestler at this point. My goodness. Yeah, at this point in her career. Oh, yeah. Sendai Sachiko, she is great. Every really time I see though. her, every time I see yeah. her, she's getting better. She's very exciting. It's a great tag. It's a, it's a great tag team. I'm way into it. And Sendai Sachiko, I think, has the biggest ceiling at this point in time. And she reminds me a lot of those uh, those marvelous wrestlers. The way she moves, the way she goes in between like flash pins. And she's very much like modern, our version of a mod- modern Joshi wrestler. Yeah, she had good pace. Yes. Yeah, this match had pretty good pace. I, I went a nice little one out of three here. I it's very much enjoyed this. Coma. This is what this match showed me. Tag team co-mains and Ice Ribbon have been good for a decade. Yes, yes. And there's there's one thing I, I still like watching about Ice Ribbon is how they book their main events and their semi-mains. It's a very yes. tried and true formula. Right. They're, they're co-mains. Like, again, that's why I always appreciate it. And Yappy said that on, on PWI. They, they do put a fun card together start to finish. And the last two are always like the big, you know, go-home type of stuff. And they do a really good job. I'm very consistent with that. Yeah, they ha- they have their audience. They play to their audience. I absolutely understand that. Uh, but what gets people in the door? It's it's your semi main and main event. That's what you get people in the door. That's yeah, why nice. they're there. So I sell tickets. Yeah, you guys still got to sell tickets at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Twist splash from Dash Jackknife cover pin Sendai Sachiko wins. It's, I get a kick out of her name being Sendai. <laughs> Fun one. Yeah. Yeah. And our main event, Sukasa Fujimoto defending the Infinity title, uh, Ice Cross 60 titles, not the Infinity title yet, uh, yeah. against Hikari Minami, someone I've really been into since late 2010, is when she kind of broke out. <clears throat> she she hits a lot of uh, springboard moves. Uh, she's very She's very fast around the ring, and she in this match, she has a buzzed side head and... I wonder if this comp, you're going to get it. She reminds me a lot of Aoi from JTO today. Or Aoi reminds you a lot of her. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. technically, yes, but I, I saw Aoi sure. in her would, yeah. like, no, look and shtick before this this version of Hikari Minami. Yeah, no, of course. I think so. Um, I don't know much. I've seen a couple of Hikari matches, so I can't speak too, too much on her. No, but, take um, it. Just say you've you, you're a big fan, seen her for many years, a big supporter. Oh, I've enjoyed what I've seen. So that's actually yes, that's one hundred percent true. Although I've yes, only many seen years, I saw her matches. first. You got to hipster it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just extend, yeah, extend. Well, yeah, a little um, hipster, a little honest. gatekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> a little gatekeeping. 
I love it. Tag team. Uh, I haven't seen her in a tag team, but I feel like she'd be a good tag team wrestler because of the way she was able to kind of like. There was good sequences. You know what I mean? Oh, I posted a I posted a tag match of her from 2010. It was her breakout match. It's on the sure. Daily Motion page, Redleaf Retrocast. You can look it up. Nice. Uh, it's with uh, Sukasa, Riho, Hikari Minami, and Shida. It seems like a fun four. You know what I mean? To mix it up. It'll be fun for now. Um, yeah. To see mix it up. So, yeah, I I, I got to check out who Minami is more. Um, because she seems like she's, I don't know, the importance of her, but she won the championship. So, hey, got to be something. Got to be something. Uh, now, the match only went 10 minutes and 40 seconds for a main event. And not their show, though. But it is. It is. It, it's still their show in a way. It, otherwise, they would have just had the Makoto Emmy match be the main event. But that's one thing about Emmy. Always it was a tag. It was a. It was a title change. It's a pretty big deal. <clears throat> yeah, it's. It is. A, it is a big deal. It's supposed to be a big deal. And what's what was weird about the match is it was still okay. It was just very weird that they were only given ten minutes. So they must have been. Uh, they must have been short on time for the building. That's what I can conclude. Because uh, they they look like they were very much skipping all of the beats in between the notes and just going to move to move to move. So to me, it looked like they had a 20 minute match that they had to throw in 10 minutes. Maybe, but they're only a couple years in at this point. You know, I, I mean, I've seen Sukasa in longer matches like this and she's definitely the ring general uh of <laughs> ice forbid at this point she she That's was true. pretty good at it back then and she's been with much worse wrestlers than hikari minami and hikari minami's entire offense was just showing off what she's good at and there just was it it, it really came across that there was just no time to sell that's true i think that's a fair comment there really didn't seem to be too much time to sell but I did. I, I did move, enjoy move it. to move to move. I would agree with that. <clears throat> but I don't know. I thought, I thought it was okay because I thought the trans like the sequences were good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they did a lot of them, which oh, yeah. you know, again, just it, like, I like that in the main event. Um, so I thought it was a good ten minutes. And I'm not saying you're saying it was a bad ten minutes. But I'm saying like I think they where they certainly could fill in the gaps, right? Like there's some improv in the middle that they didn't really do. I thought they got a lot done um in in 10 what if it was 10 minutes 10 or 11 minutes whatever it is uh i'm interested to know you said that emmy met sukasa that january yes december of this year 2011 what emmy's emmy's leaving ice ribbon at the end of the year right but she went against fujimoto and lost to fujimoto right <clears throat> oh that's already happened a number of times in the promotion emmy's already put over sukasa fujimoto no i know but it wasn't but that was her last match right that was that no, match. sukushi oh sukushi yeah ah, she loses to the okay. child just like she does uh to riho <laughs> oh wow oh that's right okay sorry all right so i'm just trying to think if that was like for a title or something but i guess not no it was not yeah just a straight match straight match <clears throat> Okay, huh. yeah, and this is uh, Hikari Minami's second run with the title, I believe. Or at this point now. Sure. Again, yeah, I've seen two matches. So I'm going to say, you're right. <laughs> it's like, yes, of course. Absolutely. Naturally. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to confirm 
when she loses the title again. And it's got to be pretty quick, I would imagine. Um, hmm. I'm seeing that she goes to Pro Wrestling Eve with Emi Sakura uh, as champion. And takes How did they a- travel? Do you remember Shauna? Of course. Shauna uh, faced Takari Minami in Eve for the Nice Women title. Yeah, in 2011. <laughs> Two months. How about that? Maybe I can get my hands on that. It's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, he probably has an archive somewhere. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I doubt it's. I doubt they uh, put it on their YouTube page. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the direct future with Hikari Minami is. And as with anybody, I'm a fan of, which means they either retire immediately or they go to the mid card and never do anything again. Uh, Hikari Minami basically retires in the next year. So whether that's schedule, money, body, don't know the answer to that. Um, can, uh, the point is that she will not be around anymore. So that's another person yeah. that they lose. Joshi like, retirements. Yeah, Joshi retirements. They, they, they do indeed happen. And that requires another shift in Ice Ribbon. But I can confidently say they do debut a lot of people in between. Because they ha- they've always had a good pipeline. They've always had a strong... Uh, core group to build around. Uh, if if I'm to take the best positives from this promotion, <clears throat> yeah, I think at the time, I mean, again, this wasn't even this was a goodbye to Makoto. Mm-hmm. Yep, and this is before Emmy even left. But you see how much like everybody on this show, for the most part, you know, had Emmy influence. And it's just nuts to think that like this is the first goodbye, and then she's gone, and this is going to shift. And then I guess you're going to lose Hikari, uh, which is news to me, a year later, and then you have to shift again. It's just like, my God. You know. There's a lot of shifts Ice Ribbon must go through, but I... Which I, makes you feel confident they can navigate the waters now. Different scene, different, you know, strategies, but... Ah, uh, so I, I, record, I get it. I get it. The record. track record's there. Yeah, it's the, not going to happen by August, but, you know. No. The economics of the scene are very different today. That's what makes me worried. For now. Yeah. For now. I mean, Gabby's, you know, she's working. She's trying to get cash in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a, there, there's a lot of parallels uh, to pay attention to and see what Ice Ribbon did to, to directly see what Ice Ribbon did in comparison to today. Uh, so your hard reset question, going back to that for the last comment, uh, that is something to keep in the back of everyone's mind uh, listening to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next episode is going to be Wave. We're going to Pro Wrestling Wave, your favorite promotion. <laughs> That's isn't, great, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny what I'm known for? Dude, I'm into, I'm, into tw- I'm into early 2010s Wave. Yeah, I give all the credit to Alex. <laughs> He's the one who's like, yeah, you gotta watch this. And I was like, okay. And I was like, yep, you're right. Gotta watch that Wave. It's, uh, yeah, it's Wave uh, Sail Away 5. Uh, it's a Cork and Hall show from Wave, so very rare. And uh, has a lot of big singles matches. So look forward to that in the next episode. The next two episodes are going to be Wave, actually. And then we're doing a Triple Tails Produce. So there's a nice little uh, nice. nice little schedule laid out there. Uh, you, can, you can see the 
uh, schedule and the guide uh, posted on the Patreon. It's a it's a pin tweet with pictures of of the um, shows that I've made uh, for. And yeah, we can add and take away as we go, of course, and various links. But uh, this is like our uh, you can you can look on the Patreon to see to see everything and know what to expect in the future. Yeah. JPQ, thanks, yeah. thank you for coming on. Hey, man, thanks for having me. It's a fun show to watch. And uh, again, 2010s, learning about the history. Yeah. Pretty awesome. You're more than welcome to come back. <laughs> thank you. See you next time.